a Telltale Pod production. Spirit Bird by Jasbinda Belan Chapter 14 We trudge away from the station along the rough dirt-packed road shivering against the cooling mountain air all our hopes of making it to Galapore by nightfall in tatters Jivan won't meet my gaze, keeps his eyes fixed to the ground. I didn't mean to sneeze. I tried, but I couldn't hold it in. It's not your fault, I say. I'm annoyed at what has happened, but I know we have to put it behind us. He gives a deep sigh. Papa will be home by now, and he'll have to tell my mum what I've done. I've never spent a single night away from home and imagine my empty bed opposite Rohan and Rupert's. I'm always the first to hear them if they're awake in the night, and I know they'll be missing me already. Let's send them a postcard when we get a chance. Then at least they'll know we're safe. He shrugs his shoulders like he's exasperated with himself and can't shake it off. I know he feels bad about us getting thrown off the train, but I don't want him to feel any worse. I swallow my disappointment. We have to toughen up. We're bound to meet more people like the guard. That man had no right to treat us like thieves when he knows nothing about us, he says, swiping at a tall plant of chickweed growing along the side of the road. We know... We're on an important journey, I say, hobbling alongside. Whatever he said doesn't matter. Like someone blowing out candles, the light is disappearing before our eyes. Let's look for somewhere to sleep. We might find an old farm building or something. I spot a tall pistachio tree a little way off the road. What about sleeping under there? It'll just be like those nights when we camped out late in the mango tree. Yeah, you can shelter right under the branches, said Jivan, and it'll keep the rain off as well. We tramp across the muddy field towards the tree, its branches laid with nuts almost touching the ground. We'll be safe in here, I say, flopping down beside the canopy. Look, we can even have a feast. I pick a handful of pale pistachios off the ground and begin to prise them open, laying the empty shells in patterns on the ground. I take a dry twig and dig it into the soil, strike one of the matches from my bag and light it. I missed not lighting the diva tonight. I press my palms together. Bless our journey, Lord Shiva, and watch over our families, keep them safe until we return. Jivan puts his hand behind his head and lies down. It's not bad at all. Food, shelter and prayers. 
I let the makeshift diva burn itself out. I put eggs and mango in my bag this morning, but let's save those for tomorrow and manage on the nuts for now. Really? Jeevan looks disappointed. We have to be careful with supplies and there are loads of nuts. Even enough for you. I take up Papa's scarf, almost as big as a shawl, lay it on the hard ground. Come here. It makes a great bed. We lie in the shelter of the tree, darkness swooping down on us like a wide-winged bird. Stars begin to pierce the sky just like they do in Mormonali. But I can't believe that these are the same stars that shine on our grazing pastures and farm. I think of Ma, miles away, having to do all the jobs by herself, and I steal my heart to stop it wandering back there. So, you're thinking about home? asks Jeevan. Yes. And me? I prop myself up on my elbow. Okay, Jeevan, here's the plan. Tomorrow, we'll carry on walking towards Galapur, go to the temple at Kasare, and before we know it, we'll be in Zandapur. We'll find Papa and head straight back home and everyone will be amazed. They'll be so proud of what we've done, said Jeevan excitedly. We're not going to let this setback get us down. We eat our supper of soft green pistachios and watch the sky getting starrier. It's like someone's hurled Dive into the sky, I say. Well, you know that a star is just a luminous ball of gas, mostly hydrogen and helium, and it's only held together by its own gravity. Is that what Mr Dahlia told you in physics? I ask. Has he ever been up in space, though? It's much nicer to think of them as Dive. Can you find Orion? We love playing hunting stars back home, and I want to cheer us both up with one of our games. There's his belt, he says, staring into the sky. Have you found it yet? Yeah, I look up at the neat line of stars. Can you see his bow? Got it, he says. And his little dog. Down by his foot. I feel myself relaxing a little. The sky flashes as stars shoot across the darkness, zipping over Orion's shoulders. That means we're going to be lucky, I say. Jeevan smiles, shuffling into the canopy of the tree and stretches. Let's get some sleep. In the far distance. Some creature gives a soulful bark, and I imagine a wolf baring its teeth before the full moon. I crawl under the branches and shuffle closer to Jeevan. What's that? I ask. It's only a dog, he says, yawning. Are you sure it's nothing more dangerous? We're out in the wild now, and... Do you remember the stories of the half-man, half-beats? They used to say, haunts the high Himalayas. <sighs> I've told you before, they're just stories. The musketeers sleep anywhere and aren't afraid of anything, says Jeevan. The full moon rises like a huge silver paisa, 
shedding its pale light into the tree. It's six weeks to Diwali, and we'll have found Papa way before then, and he'll pay Ma's debt and write to Uncle Neil and tell him we're not coming to England after all. I'm on my way, I whisper, listening to the howling night sounds like hungry spirits on the wind. The warm metal of Nanaji's pendant presses against my skin and I clench my fingers around it. That was another Tell-A-Tale Pod production. Remember that you can follow, share and find more of our podcasts at tellatalepod.podbean.com